What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the All-Star Comics Podcast, powered by Horizon Comics. I'm your host, Jonathan Cote, and joining us on the panel tonight are... Nick Estrati. Roger May. Johnny Morales. Producing, as always, is Matt Lubick. What's up? Say hi, Matt. Beat me to it. Hi, Matt. <laughs> if this is your first time listening to the podcast, we are a spoilery-type show, so we'll try to give you enough heads up. Uh, when that's going to happen, uh, we typically review a Marvel book, a DC book, and an independent book each week, along with a graphic novel later in the show, and we will play some trivia so you, the listener, can have a chance to win some great or, I don't know, maybe mediocre reads. It kind of depends on what the haul is each week, right, Roger? That is correct. <laughs> uh, so without further ado, though, we're going to kick everything off with some news. So, Johnny? News. Tell um, us what is newsworthy this week yeah we have a couple of pieces of news that's a thing i'm gonna uh, need you to be more excited about <laughs> it though sorry so uh stranger things uh comics line is coming from dark horse um and that starts with uh, stranger things number one uh september 26 and you'll kind of find out what happened to will while he was in the upside down or sweet something like it. that yes um, and then uh, we have Stephen King's Dark Tower comics are leaving Marvel for another publisher. Uh, that other publisher is Galler- Gallery 13, um, and that's uh, Simon & Schuster uh, graphic novel division. Um, but yeah, so each graphic novel is going to uh, come out again under that line uh, starting August 14th. Uh, next uh, bit of news that we have is Brubaker and Phillips uh, announced their first original graphic novel. Um, so the team is known for obviously the fade out criminal killer be killed and they're coming out with an OGN, uh, called my heroes have always been junkies. Um, and that's coming to be a happy book. I can already tell. Yeah. And, uh, that is coming out in hardcover format this October. Uh, moving on to some Marvel news. Uh, star Wars Poe Dameron is, uh, the comic is ending in September, uh, with issue 31. Um, and then let's see what we have. <laughs> okay, so we have uh, Marvel Comics is uh, ending X-Men Blue and X-Men Gold. Uh, let's see. Uh, in September? Uh, what do you mean for what? Uh, so what is taking their place, um, only one title has been really talked about, and that's the new uh, Mr. and Mrs. X, uh, written by um, Kelly Thompson and... Asker Bazaldua, Kelly Thompson is the, and that's a Rogan Gambit book. Kelly Thompson is the one that uh, wrote the Rogan Gambit uh, miniseries a couple of months ago. Um, So yeah, that's my other bit of news is that uh, new Rogan Gambit book. Um, The next thing that we have is Cyborg is re-canceled with July and August's issues being removed. Uh, So they were solicited and now they are not coming out. Um, so yeah, uh, back in November, 2017, Cyborg was canceled. Then three months later, it came back, uh, out with issue, um, it was canceled with issue 20. It came back out with 21. Uh, and now, uh, 23 is going to be its final issue. And that, I don't know why they insist on trying to get a book out for him because he just doesn't seem to sell by himself. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we have some more DC news. Is uh, DC is adding two pages to uh, justify one dollar price increase? Uh, so they're moving from twenty pages to twenty-two pages. Um, doing that, they are uh, going. They are transitioning from glossy interior pages to non-glossy 
pages. Um, so the, the the cheaper paper. Um, and then uh, I guess that's to kind of offset some costs because they are investing in 100-page giants uh, that they're going to be um, releasing through Walmart stores. Uh, and those 100-page giants are going to be $4.99. Okay. And that's all the news. Yep. Bendis is writing one or two of those. Yes. Um, yeah, I have. I had a list uh, of the, the giants. It's Superman giant, Justice League of America giant, Batman giant. That's Bendis. Um, and I believe Superman giant is Tom King. Uh, I think Superman giant's Dan Jurgens. Is it Tom King listed there? I thought it was Tom King. Um, I thought Jurgens. I can I can double check. But anyway, it's not that. Important, yeah. But Teen I'm Titans just... giant and starting in August, Superman and JLA. Um, and after that, Batman and Teen Titans. Yeah. They're trying to cultivate. Uh, yeah, readership through doing that. So yeah, and that's cool. Yeah, I don't Any, know, anything I mean, that gets kids reading comics. Hundred pages cool. for five dollars. Yeah, that's what I would. Have I, spent I'm, my I'm, money on. Really I'm wondering what kind of format there. I don't think that they would be like this. Tall. It's a magazine, I think, sized. Okay, so kind of. even bigger than this. Yeah. The only, the only I issue. Think, that, I think I would think them of like digests almost. Mm. I remember back in the day, you used to have like. Hundred pages for like sixty cents, I think. Right, I have some of those. Um, my only problem is that if kids that get get that kind of content in Walmart at that price, and then come into a comic shop, they're like twenty pages for you know a dollar less. What the heck? Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, you you could see some blowback there. Um. I don't, I don't. I'm not sure why they can meet that price point for Walmart. Probably because Walmart's and content billions of them. Um. Mm. So yeah. So it looks like it, they're printing new content also with some old content. Yeah. Um. That's how they're getting a hundred pages. Right. So it's going to have yeah. several stories, and it's not like one gigantic right, right. story. So yeah, yeah, it's going to have like um, Superman Giant, which is a new story by Jimmy Palmiotti, The Terrifics Number One. Green Lantern number one from 2005. <laughs> I think that's like the rebirth stuff, like the original. Uh, Superman Batman number one from 2003, which I think that's a Jeff Loeb run. And, um, and you know, more, more yeah. stuff. Okay. Kind of like a greatest hits. Right, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So. And, yeah, that's all the news. Cool. All right, let's move on to some questions. We have any? Oh. <laughs> Whoop. Yeah. I've got, I've got one. Um. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the <laughs> the uh, stickiest one out there first. Oh, well, this actually was a question that came in last week that that I missed uh, initially, and it was it was specifically for um, for you, Jonathan. Oh um, God. We had a <laughs> yeah, we had a listener that uh, that uh, has been a little concerned about you. He he thinks that your hazing of Johnny has intensified <laughs> noticeably. <laughs> Since Academy started, and he just wanted to make sure you were okay. Oh, I'm okay. I'm just, you know, it's, it's, once you kind of like get taken to the line, it's fun to take everybody else there too. Yeah. So, who uh, was that, by the way? <laughs> do I want to? It was, it was Ryan Longmore. Okay. Um, right on. Thanks, Ryan. But, uh, yeah, it was interesting because, I mean, I, I, in, in reflecting on that question, you know, I had realized it too. 
but I've been, you know, I mean, I've been around for a while and I know what you going through that process does to you. You know, <laughs> it's stressful. Heck yes, um, it is. And Johnny? Yeah. Um, you've been mean a little bit. <laughs> but it, I mean, you know, I get it. You're going to academy, but that doesn't mean you have to take me there, dude. Come on. Oh, that means I have to toughen you up, Johnny. I guess so. I can kind of see it in his eyes. Yeah. But I like being a delicate, delicate little flower. Oh, dear Lord. You're going to get it later. <laughs> I can see the stress in his eyes. What does eyes. that Besides, mean? Oh, you know what it means. Besides, Johnny, Johnny kind of asks for it sometimes. He comes in, like, poking and prodding the bear. I specifically ask for it. <laughs> I'm a masochist. <laughs> God. There's, there's your answer, Ryan. Yeah. Um... Second question. I oh, actually got two questions from Bryce. Um, he comments on uh, the start of our CGC raffle, uh, which he thinks is is pretty sweet. Um, which congrats to uh, Nathan, Nathan Armentrout for won the, winning the first one. The first one today. The cable number one, CGC 9.8. Um, when I get around, yeah, it was kind of funny. Kayla was in when we were doing the drawing for that. And me trying to figure out all the features of Instagram, <laughs> which have been around forever, and it's just posting to a story, was kind of an epic fail. Uh, we, I mean, we kind of got it out there, but I think the next video hopefully will be better. I don't know. I'll probably need some adult supervision, or no, probably minor supervision mm. in this case. Mm -hmm. Millennial supervision? Um, I got you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, congratulations to Nathan. The next book that I plan on putting up is uh, Star Wars number one um, from the current run, uh, CGC 9.8 also. I'll probably limit that to 20 tickets. Um, so, look, you know, well, uh, you, yeah, by the time this goes up Monday, you, you might want to check it. They might be mostly gone. Mm -hmm. Woo! Yeah, you gotta um, you gotta follow the Instagram, which is at Horizon Comics, because uh, that's where the, he'll be posting the entrance and you know how much the ticket is, and right. uh, that's how he'll be posting the winners as well. Uh, and I think this is also for people that are not around the area, so um, those people that just follow the Horizon Comics Instagram can yeah. also join in on the raffle. Are you going for whoever like like period? It's not just local. Oh yeah, no. Oh, uh, right free shipping anywhere in the US. Yeah. So just like our trivia stuff. So yeah, like Sweet. um uh Frank uh, I'm pretty sure it was Frank Candeloro entered. So yeah, that's cool. Okay. That's totally cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um Let's give it a shot. But uh one of the things I don't know if I addressed this last week on the show. I'll try to keep this brief. Though this is all kind of part of getting. I came into these CGCs by cutting a deal for some backstock, a lot of backstock. Um, and for those of you who don't know, I'm trying to get rid of all of our backstock in order to uh, set up a space for Horizon Comics After Dark. Oh, so a lot of you have heard me tease that before. I actually plan my my goal um, is to make it Wait, a save thing. Save that for the lightning round. By <laughs> I, I don't know that I can say in a minute. Oh, okay. So, um, but uh, to to make it <laughs> so a thing cheating. by Labor Day. So we'll see. I know I'm right. I'm getting. <laughs> hey, I'll help actually. I'm getting some of that backstock. All the lightning rounds. Sounds yeah, good, man. Hey, fifty fifty dollars a short box. 
That's a, you can fit a lot of hundred dollars along. Yeah, you can that's actually a, a pretty good deal. Fifty oh, yeah, bucks dude. for a box. You're, yeah, you get to works stuff out. It, right? Yeah, it works out about thirty yeah, I'll, I'll thirty five cents a book. Thirty five yeah. cents a cheese. Wait, thirty five cents a book? Well, ba- yeah. no, it's like fifty dollars a long box, and you just stuff them. Yeah, yeah. and you, you can it, fit more than it fifty holds comics. One hundred thirty comic, one hundred forty comics. So that's yeah, less than a dollar. I'll help out with that. Yeah, so we're gonna, our next sale is going to be next Saturday. That was going to be the lightning round, but. <laughs> it's okay. I'll, I'll touch on that again you, yeah, later. You can reiterate. Okay. Anyway, so back to Bryce's question. He wants to know what's the most you've ever paid for a single comic. <laughs> Roger, what's the most I've ever paid for a single comic? Means <laughs> like a single issue, you know. I paid sixty-five bucks for a Sazam comic that was like in nineteen forty-five. Nice. That's that's. that's I think cheap. I paid. Uh, 70 something bucks for that one in 500 Ryan Otley black and white invincible wait how much 100 variant I think that might be one of the most it, expensive ones yeah how, how much did you pay I think it was like 75 oh okay after tax and that was after Roger showed me a little bit of love the non-collector paid more wow okay um <laughs> so yeah Dude, that's a one in 500 comics obviously black and white no 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 I'm saying me <laughs> oh so well, I expect you to pay more. Um, no, well, I, I sold these because I decided I didn't want to be a collector anymore. Uh, I just <laughs> like the stories. So um, there's a uh, Amazing Spider-Man 300, which is the mm-hmm. first appearance of Venom, which is seventy dollars. Um, Amazing Spider-Man uh, 39 and 40. You paid seventy dollars. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. I know. I sold well, it. That was sweet profit. Yeah, I sold it for a hundred and sixty. Wow. Could have got more, dude. Uh, this well, was depending like, on the condition. This, yeah, it was anyway. like very fine. Anyway, um, so Amazing Spider-Man thirty-nine and four, no, forty-nine and fifty, which is like the first um, Norman Osborn Green Goblin, where like you know he unmas- unmasks mm-hmm. himself. Uh, some really cool uh, things. I think those were like a hundred uh, and a hundred and fifty, respectively. Um, and Saga, which I paid like Saga number one, which I paid like ninety bucks. Uh, and then got it signed, and then I sold this to Roger because I wanted to throw credit instead. <laughs> yep. I, I swear I, I paid like more. $2, I think. Somewhere around that. <laughs> Dude, I, I swear mean, I've paid more for a single issue, but yeah. that's the only one I can think of is that rare one. Um, I mean, uh, at the time, I, I like wanted to collect comics, but now, you know, I didn't. Oh, I also bought Batman number one for like 30 bucks at some crappy shop in L.A. New 52. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, follow up question from Bryce: What is your most prized comic? Oh, jeez. Uh, single issue. Yeah, oh, most prized God. comic. I don't know if I have a moat. Ah, uh, because I ended up getting that Invincible One Hundred signed by Otley. Like I dig that one. I've got, but I've also got Jeff Johns that signed my uh, Justice League number one. That's Pretty high up there. Nice. Um, I've got um the the graphic novels signed by like my favorite artists and writers. Like my, I have uh the New Fifty Two uh, Court of Owls Absolute Edition signed by Snyder and Capullo. And Snyder wrote like a Beware the Court like kind of poem kind of thing on the inside of it. Also, sweet. Uh, mm. so that's that's pretty good. Oh, and I got my. My Death of Superman, Death and Return of Superman Omnibus, signed by Dan Jurgens. 
that's up there. Mm. I don't know. Like, I got a lot of stuff that, like, I could count as prized. Now, are we talking about, like, single issues? That's probably it, right? I mean, I have a couple of single issues, too. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. Well, I mean, uh, this has been covered on the podcast before, but all 23 issues of Ms. Marvel given to me by my wife. Yeah, Yeah. I love them all equally. I'm trying to think. I have a lot of comic books in my room. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of them are like really like high up there, but like what's I more think your, but to your you, price, like to yeah. me, yeah. Uh, like Mr. when I was wearing a Shazam when T-shirt, was, yeah, right when, now. When I was like five years old, I think my dad gave me like the first twenty-five volumes of Spider-Man, but I think they were like re like refurbished, like issues, I guess. So reprints, like, yeah, reprints, yeah, they're like okay. reprints, but. They look amazing and like they look like really close like to the actual like actual oh, yeah. Spider Man comic books. So. Cool. I think that's like my most prized like to me. Like mm-hmm. that's pretty special to me. Well yeah, your pop gave them to you. Yeah. Um oh. oof. So like I sold most of my collection. I'm only keeping like two runs really. Like for me, because I like them. Um but you know, I don't really have any prized possessions. I mean, I could say like First appearance of Miss Marvel, you know, first appearance of Nadia Pym or something like that. Um, but I think, like, so uh, Steven Universe number one, I got uh, the artist to sign and sketch on a blank variant, uh, the one that did the um, uh, did the interior art. And I really like that one. Um, I mean, if, like, the question is, like, what's your That's most... That's something I still have yet to do is bring in a blank. Yeah. For an artist to do some sort of sketch on at a you con. should do it. It's fun, and well, you know I a, plan to. <laughs> but every time I've gone, like when I went this past you, year to Comic Con, you Otley freak out was, about everything. <laughs> no, 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 no. Otley was his list was already full. No, I feel you. So it was just like I was like, please, do you have it? He's like, I'm booked, and I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, I'll get for you. you I think that would be Otley. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have any invincible blanks? Yeah, I well, had. Obviously, the number one hundred had a blank. I'll, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll get you an Otley. I got you. Yeah. And no, probably not. Yeah, I was about to say, that's going to be pretty tough. I that man's tr- busy. I, I can try. <laughs> you know I always got your back. Um, but yeah, um, you know, just like the comics I like, but I would probably so sell any prices? of So, Bryce's? Okay, so he sent is, in something then. Yeah, well, his is a, a nightly news, he which was interesting. He has a Jonathan Hickman nightly, nightly yeah. news. Um, signed and personalized by Hickman. Shut the front door. Yeah. Um, and he goes on. I, I, some of this I can't repeat, but um, he had a great conversation with Hickman. Hickman, Hickman invited is... him to uh, and like an after-party meet and greet wow. at the bar. And that's when Bryce realized that he had his girls with him. <laughs> And he had to politely decline. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, that's so sad. But That's yeah. awesome. I, so. I forgot. I do actually have volume one, the hardcover special edition volume one of East of West signed by Hickman, and he sketched a little thing on the inside. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I had said before on the podcast that I got to kind of briefly chat with Hickman, and he was super cool. And he was like, oh, you're a Jonathan, too. And I was like, yes, I am. Nice. So. Johnny, did you ever come up with something? Or did you already go over it and I just wasn't paying attention? <laughs> kind of the latter. Is that okay. all the questions for, from you? That's all I got. All right, so Blake uh, sent one in. He said, which actor that has yet to play a superhero on screen would you like to see portray one of your favorite heroes? Uh, he said, mine would be Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock, as he is a living, breathing, walking boulder. He's and already cast. 
we haven't yeah. seen him as okay. Black Adam yet. Yeah, we haven't seen that yet. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, I think he'll be great. Yeah. So, actor uh, that you'd like to see play anything as a superhero? I got nothing. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I know there's somebody that I've said before would be great at something. Army Hammer is Hal Jordan. That would be great, but like but the, th- the the problem is is like anything but that now is going to be a letdown. Now I'm worried like for the Green Lantern movie. I got know? mine, man. Huh? I you got read, mine. Uh, uh, Earth One, right? No, not yet. Oh man. No, but uh, I've heard it's fantastic. Steve Buscemi. Shut up. <laughs> As what? I don't know. Puck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would work. I had one just now, and then that, that made me lose it. Who's that one guy that everybody wants to play uh, uh, Batman in, like, Flashpoint? Who's that one guy? That oh, oh uh, the Negan. Thomas Wayne? Yeah, Thomas yeah. Wayne. Yeah. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Morgan. Oh, Morgan. There you yeah. go. Jeffrey Dean yeah. Morgan. Yeah. I don't know. I think he might be good as, you know, Batman's That would work. Yeah. The yeah. Flashpoint Batman? Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. He is Batman. So. <laughs> <laughs> the Flashpoint Batman, though. What was the one I was just thinking of in the... Then you said puck and it totally like <laughs> blinked me out. What was it? Oh my god. I had it. And it's not there anymore. Whatever. Sorry, Blake. I'll if I remember it, I'll mention it in the lightning round. So I just I just hope who who's the actress that's playing uh Captain Marvel? Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Oh, she's so awesome. I hope that Yeah. That that uh teaser photo or whatever, that prop photo it's like, who did your hair? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sold. I, well, yeah, but it's I, part of the department. They're supposed yeah. to make her look like that superhero. But that's their fault, not her. And I mean, it's a set I know, photo, but so I like, mean, she's supposed. To, you know, Feige says that she's like the most powerful Marvel hero in the MCU, and I'm like, not not really selling it. You know. Yeah. So I don't know. I can't wait for the trailer to drop. I have a feeling it's probably going to be D twenty three or or yeah, con. Um, I I want to see the trailer. I mean, that's I'm most looking forward to that, and I can't wait to see her in the role. I hope she kills it. Same. Cool. Done. All right. Well, we're gonna go ahead and hop over to our reviews. So Johnny. Yep. Why don't you tell us what uh, DC book we reviewed? We read Justice League number two by Scott Snyder and is it Jorge? Jorge Jimenez. Jorge Jimenez. And um, so this is following the fallout of No Justice where... uh, You were here when we reviewed Justice League 1, right? Nope. I was not. Oh, okay. So uh, I think they took down the, the DC Celestials. Uh, and now they don't worry about that. Right. What's, what's in this book? Uh, okay. So that that's what um, I was going to. Um, so the Justice League is going after this uh, head thing called the totality, um, and I think they need it for some reason. It, um, it came from the source wall. Okay. Crash landed uh-huh. in the desert. They put a mystical spell on it to hide it from everybody. As you did. People still found out about it, like Killer Croc. Oh, and he got he got jacked. Did you read? He this, went Johnny? in there. I did. It's just you know, it's uh, anyway. I'll, I'll I'll keep you. My you read it with a great degree of disinterest, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Roger, for putting it kindly. Um, 
But no, yeah, and Killer Croc got seriously yeah. jacked. And we get the and, the return of um, Sinestro and yeah. uh, the first not Hal Jordan, of the, uh, John Stewart. I think it's the first appearance of the Ultra Ultraviolet Core. Yeah. Core. yeah. And uh, apparently, and it's an evil force. What are uh, what are Superman and Martian Manhunter doing? They are in rad spacesuits going towards the giant head. They're going into the yeah yeah. Where's where's Batman? Um, <laughs> oh, I love that line. <laughs> I'm inside Man, Clark's I'm, body. I'm trying to help you, Johnny. I'm really trying to pull this out <laughs> of you, dude. I, like I pitched it. I there pitched was it a as, lot as, that happened. Yeah, in this there, book. there's a lot that happened in this. You book. said a head thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I said it was called the totality, right? It's a head yeah. thing. Is it not a head thing? Yeah. Look, <laughs> Superman and Martian Manhunter are going into this thing to try and figure out what the heck is going on and what it is, because it's a, it's an immensely powerful thing that came from the source wall and crash landed on Earth. So they're go- they're the only two that have the physiology capable of withstanding whatever this thing and is, because they, they know. They yeah. know, right? They know it's roiding, roiding everything else out. So Batman is tagging along in Clark's, he, bloodstream. Clark's bloodstream. He's shrunk down. Who is in Martian Manhunter's uh, Hot, Hot Girl? Girl? Okay. Hot Girl. And then you find out at the end that Lex Luthor is also shrunk down in Clark's. Yeah, somehow he managed to figure yeah. out. Yeah, Lex and Batman are both inside Clark's right. body. So there's there's a lot a lot going down in this book, and I was I um, after we reviewed issue one, I was like, you know, it's good. I don't know, I you know, I'm glad I read this issue because it um it was a strong book for me. Yep. Yeah, I really like how they brought back the OG seven from like Bruce Timm's uh, Justice League animated series. That was like my childhood. That's what they're kind of going for. Uh, yeah. Oh, right, right, right. The, the title yeah. treatment yeah. also, they kind of made They kind of made the... That's uh, the Unlimited one, right? That's yeah, Justice League t- Unlimited. Yeah. yeah. And um, I kind of think they kind of made it... Kind of made this comic look a little bit more bright than other ones. Like, you know, DCCC... DC, uh, that's partly Jorge Jimenez. Yeah. His style's very vivid, yeah. I guess His, you could like, say. vibrant. Like, yeah. DC's usually really, like, dark and gritty, but this one kind of made it look a little bit more bright. No. And they are intentionally going for like a more fun tone. Yeah, it, it, the yeah. Justice League. Yeah, it definitely seems yeah. uh, like it has a more fun tone. Um, I freaking dig the heck out of Jorge Jimenez being on this book. He's so. I good. love the art. The yeah. fa- his facial expressions are great on well, all his characters. And the, the Marvel and the DC book both had really good art. Yeah. Yeah. So. I also like how they brought back... Uh, just uh, give it to yourself, Johnny. <laughs> move on. Go ahead, Johnny. <laughs> Crap all over the things that are great. I mean, the art's good, but like most of the time, when they're not zoomed in on their faces, they uh, the dude, uh, Jimenez, just slacks off. Like, with with this hot girl face, like, what's going on there? He just drew three lines, you know? And and slacks off is obviously a strong word, uh, and I don't mean it to be, like, what very you, offensive. What, what are you talking about? Um, So... <sighs> They're not very. They lose a lot of detail. Uh, they're the anatomy in the background. Kind of, no, no. Well, you mean on their faces? Basically, all of yeah. them, except for mm. except for Flash. It's just like, wow, this they're guy in rushed the everything. Background, I mean, Johnny. How microscopic do you want the man to get? Yeah, it's it, the whole panel. The dude's though pencil can only go so deep. You but know? I mean, look at Hot Girl's wings. You know, 
It's just they're like, larger. Wait, which page are you not as intricate? Right here. <laughs> larger, more intricate. I mean, like I get it. Like he he's a really good artist when uh, he's uh, focused on one thing, but when it's thing when it's other people that are like let's say uh, in the background or even not even that far I into the background. Get what you're saying. Yeah, it, but wouldn't just, you think as an artistic technique that that help that that what helps draw your eye is the stuff that you should be focused on? I mean, yeah, sure, but it also draws my eyes like, oh, he rushed here, you know. How that, do you know he that, rushed? Um, because it looks rushed. How do you how do you know that, Johnny? I, that does no, not. I'm saying I look it at might that, not. That doesn't look rushed at all to me. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it I, does I to me. I actually think that that could be an, just an artistic technique where I, it's showing. It looks like Hawk Girl has a mustache instead of a lip. I th- <laughs> I don't see that. I'm more in in Roger's corner. I think it's more of an yeah. artistic thing because yeah. look at everything else. Right, exactly. This, this look page. at everything else, I mean, and then compare. But they're all right close here. ups, Johnny. These, exactly. These characters are background, and the foreground is flash, and you're kind of supposed to focus on his facial expression. Look, I know. I, I I'm just saying, like when it's when you're not supposed to notice it, that's when he's like, okay, I can do this quickly, and nobody will notice. And like that's not something, you know. That yeah. people should. I would do. love for you to sit down with an artist. One Dude, time I'm not an artist, but I can appreciate art. You know, uh, I'm not a musician, but I can tell you that's a bad song or whatever. You know, actually, that's really subjective. Well, that's all subjective. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's very subjective. Let's, um, let's go ahead and rate it. Yeah, um, this is a two and a half. <laughs> Ooh. Two and um, a half out of what? Five. Out of five. 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 We right. do. Uh, Zero to I, I don't I don't think has anything ever gotten a zero. Um, I, I think, think Matt didn't let do us like a half star. Yeah, Matt didn't let us go below one. But yeah, out of five stars. Yeah. What you think, Brent? Uh, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what I think? Yeah. Uh, out of five, I think I'd rate it like a three point five. I think. Oh, can I also say um that the uh well I did like the 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 narration at the beginning. We had such a big gap in the middle where it wasn't that when it came back, I was like, oh, right. It kind of felt weird to me a little bit. But that's, you know, neither here nor there. Um, I For me, it was five stars. I This this is the book that hooked me, whereas one didn't. So um, I, I loved everything about it. Yep. Five for me. Uh, this really kind of, I think, Snyder's kind of finding his pacing and his tone. And I think that having Jorge Jimenez, not to knock Jim Chung, but having Jorge Jimenez on, on this kind of set that tone also. Um, don't listen to Johnny. He's crazy mm. on this book. I'll see, we'll have to come solid, back and solid read. art book. Yeah, I'm curious yeah, actually, to read. I think, I think I give it like a four, actually. Four. I'm, I'm curious to read the last issue of his story arc because you know me I know. and Snyder's I know. endings. I know. So I we'll do see. like his splash pages. So, All right. Next up, uh, we have Fathom number one, and is this what volume seven? I think eight? so. Yeah, I think it's volume seven, number one. So volume seven, number, the, number one, celebrating seven, twenty right. years volume of seven. Michael Turner's Fathom. Uh, Aspen Matthews is essentially. Well, this. there goes that trivia question. No, <laughs> are you <laughs> serious? I was about to say, are you Matt, serious yeah, right now? Um. How do I pitch this book? Okay. Uh, Aspen Matthews is essentially this uh, member of this race called the Blue. 
who is, I guess you could say, like Atlanteans in a way. They're under yeah. underwater dwelling, ancient, ancient, ancient underwater civilization. Yeah, uh, highly advanced, all that stuff. Um, she's a marine biologist, conservationist, all that. Apparently, has a brother, and some. He's one of the blue, also, and some bad secret agents kidnap her brother. The commies. Yeah, the commies. The what? <laughs> the, what was the red something or whatever that they? Yeah, yeah. I can't, I remember, can't remember, remember offhand. Anyway, they kidnap him to do experiments to try to create like a super soldier based off of his DNA. Aspen Matthews gets pissed and is like, I'm going to go after him. The secret agent's like, no, you can't. We have to protect you because you're one of our assets. And she's like, no, you're one of my assets. <laughs> and that's the book. Yeah. Um. Anybody else want to start? Go ahead, because I really don't know where I'm going to go with this one. I... Uh... I, I love the character of Aspen Matthews. I like what Michael Turner created. Um, I think that this book is a solid start. To I don't I don't know that it's the, you know, the greatest hook for a storyline. You know, as far as the presentation of this issue, there was a lot of of this issue that was dedicated to giving a primer uh, history on the world of Fathom. Um, I understand that you know, bringing people in um, to kind of get them up to speed. Mm -hmm. And and at the same time, and this was, I don't know, this was slightly off-putting, but they also kind of pitched Aspen's other properties, like Soulfire. Oh, okay. Uh, at the very in, end. Yeah. In this book. Um, and I unless they're going to be part of, you know, because Keani is part of the Fathom universe. But but I don't think Soulfire is. Um, yeah. I mean, they may exist in the same world, but unless they're going to be part of this story, you know, I was like, guys, you're you're trying to you know pull more readers. Right. I in. think I don't. It, it's okay, but it kind of kind of detracts from me a little bit. I think we're kind of like uh, thinking similar similarly. Mm -hmm. Is that a word? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, where I thought that the exposition was a little bit choppy. Where you know, uh, he calls her an asset, and then she goes through her whole history, and it's just like, okay, I get it. Like, yeah. you're, it's just right here for the new readers. But like, I felt like Which it was surprising because it's Ron Mars, right? I felt like it could have done yeah. been done a little bit better, like uh, hidden a little bit uh, better, because like the rule of expedition is you're not supposed to uh, notice it really. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what that's what was off putting to you a little bit, like that they're instead of it being a part of an integral part to the story, you see it as a push for more books. Right. And I see, you know, I mean, I, you know, I'm reading it and I'm like, I already know all this stuff and everybody, you know, most people who are picking up this book already know this stuff. Um, but you will have some new readers coming in who don't. And so I, I try to look at it from that perspective and say, you know, that's probably, you know, what they did is probably fine. Um, probably, you know, beneficial. Um, but I don't know that it was the strongest hook. The art right. is gorgeous. You can tell um, that he's definitely trying to, I don't want to say copy, but live in the same vein as Michael Turner. Yeah. And Michael Turner's a tough guy to follow. Yeah, I mean, super unique art, uh, art style. The man like could just yeah. draw beautiful, period. I did. Um, I, I I did like the art, but I did have some problems with the uh, layouts of the story. Uh, you know, specifically with the beginning, like when 
uh, the secret agent who's trying to abduct uh, Finn, I believe his name is, uh, stabs one of her his uh, watchers. Um, like, I guess he goes on the floor, but it it's not he's not shown again. The, that yeah. So yeah. It, I was like, oh wait, did he turn into the blue guy? Because I yeah. don't know anything That's about what this. I was thinking. Yeah. Too. Uh, there's so, um yeah the there's a couple pages there that, that Johnny's at that yeah. I I had I had to stop myself too. Um, and look, I, I thought, uh, the same thing that yep. the layouts were cumbersome right? and it, detracted from the story. Yeah. Time. It feels like the, the story doesn't really flow as well because I, all I thought is like, oh, okay. He got stabbed and he turned into the blue guy and wait, no, now he got stabbed with like some sort of injection. The blue guy did, uh, and he's a different guy. So I was like, okay, I'd. Obviously, read something wrong. <laughs> or, yeah, so like, you know. did the guy get the guy that got stabbed? Is he the blue guy? Or no, 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 he's no. the agent protecting yeah. him. So yeah, there's just some. That's some, Aspen's brother. Yeah, there's just some some layout issues uh, yeah. that I had. Um, but yeah, I really like the first page, like these first, like you think they're in the ocean, yeah. and then like the glasses cracks, but like. You find out that he. You think it's right. You think it's under the ocean, and you find yeah, out. Yeah, I thought it's it was some sort of weird, like teleportation. Thing. Right, yeah, right. I did too. I was like, what is happening? Oh, yeah. oh I mean, me going to this comic, knowing like no previous knowledge about like Fathom and Aspen and this stuff, I thought it was a pretty good book. You know, I think that they kind of explained the story pretty well, stuff like that, and the artwork is really good. Like some of the scenes is just like the scene like with this doll and that and stuff. that really captures yeah. the feel of what michael turner created back in the 90s yeah he was forever doing these beautiful colorful splash because this is colored by um Steigerwald too right the original so, colorist yeah 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 um and john star so uh it it, it captures it, more than anything for new readers and old readers alike it it captures the feel of the original book we'll see if the if the storytelling you know, I'm gonna have is to on par. Is see if uh, any of the volume one of this is still in print from you. They are. Yeah, like, like this. Uh, I, uh, you have it? No, I've got two, three, and four. God dang it. <laughs> yeah, like this kind of coloring. I'll kinda, get one back in stock. Okay. This kind of coloring really kind of looks like the 90s like kind of comic style. Mm-hmm. Of like any comic book. Like the, I really like that coloring style. What would you rate it, Nick? I'd give it like a four, I think. Maybe 4.5 is. I'm at three and a half. Love, love, love the art for the most part. Um, storytelling, uh, we'll see. It wasn't, it wasn't it was a great hook. For... I just, I just, I, I love that world enough yeah. and that character that I'll, I'll give it at least a story art. Yeah. Um, I like the character of Aspen. Um, for the story, I don't really particularly care um and like for the craft like layouts and and things like that i i i had a problem with it um but it's still you know it's still interesting it's a three i'm at three and a half also um nothing wowed me with the exception of the art because i could tell the artist was really trying to kind of honor uh michael turner but still trying to stay original Um, but yeah. And, I, you know, Ron Mars had an amazing run on Witchblade. Yeah. You know, we'll see. It's been a while, though, can, since he's done anything. Yeah. Noteworthy. I mean, because he was, he's, he's, he's doing Lazarus, right? No. 
Who's 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 That's on Rockers? Oh, Greg Rucka. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, it he has. Did it's been a while. The first half of Artifacts, which was in the Witchblade universe, right, right, was really good. And then he, I just started getting bored because he started to meander around, and I lost interest in. Yeah, I think that series died a very slow and painful death. And hopefully, he brings his 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 A game. Yeah, and then that was the last I really heard from him on anything. So I I don't know what he's really been been doing since that. So yeah, cool. All right, Nick, tell us about our Marvel right. book. What's this about? So our Marvel book is Tony Stark's Iron Man number one. Who's it by? It's by Dan Slott, Valio Shit. Sheedy. Sheedy? Yeah. My bad. Uh, no. All right. Edgar and Edgar Delgado. Mm-hmm. Um, so this book is like a brand new Marvel book and... Basically, it starts off with Tony Stark in, like, high school, I'd assume. And he's at, like, this robot soccer game. And he basically just, like, wrecks everybody there with, like, his high-tech robots and stuff. And then it follows up to, like, 25 years later into the future where he finds one of the people that he was competing against uh, who's, like, has this company called Bang Robotics. And then... He, like, invites him into, like, his Tony Stark's uh, industries and stuff like that. And he, like, buys his company and stuff to, like, help out, like, with his robot issues and stuff like that. And the dude's, like, amazed, like, by all of his, uh, you know, Tony Stark stuff, like, breathing water, talking animals, etc. And then, in the end, he fights Fing Fing Foom, which I think is amazing because Fing Fing Foom is pretty cool. And yeah, that's pretty much all of it. I've always liked the character of Fin Fang too. Yeah. Fin Fang Foom too. Um, I mean, what's better than a giant green dragon and usually sporting purple bike shorts? <laughs> yeah, Marvel loves the purple shorts. They're iconic. It's green and purple. I really like how they sewed Tony Stark in high school because, like, you never really see like any. I don't even Young. think he's supposed to be high school. I think he's supposed to be like a kid. Yeah, that's like yeah. middle school age. Like I don't know. Middle I'd school, or if he is high school, it's definitely freshman because the other, the, the group that he's competing against, I'm, I'm so, guessing is college age. Yeah, because like he's got yeah. a beard. So that's he, why yeah. I thought he was in high school. Like he looks like a kid here, but then these dudes, like this guy has a beard. Which I'm one? Like, so, this, that guy. The, the, yeah, he's the the competitor. Yeah. yeah. Um, it looks like he's college age and Tony's like. Uh, middle school, I want to yeah. say, uh, because w- later on you see the difference. He's, I don't know, like ten years his senior. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting that they like put him in like, like as a kid, and you can see that like he has that technology like as a kid and stuff like that. And I really like how they brought out Fing Fing Foom because like like what you said, Robert. Like Fing Fing Foom. Like what's better than a big green dragon? Well, what's better is. What armor does he use? Oh, yeah, the, the, the Foom Buster. Yeah, the Foom Buster. Which is like a giant Gundam yeah. M- yeah. Mark 75. Kind of like a Power Rangers a Megazord. Bot. That's what I kind of thought, Power Rangers and Megazord. That's right up my alley, man. Fing Fang Foom Buster. Um, Art looks really good. The, it, Shidi is, is really good and really fun. But some of, like, he doesn't... Unless there's an open mouth expression, he doesn't draw an upper lip or a bottom lip. It kind of drives me nuts. <laughs> His characters walk around like this. 
Like, and if anybody, too bad, there's no oh video for God, this. But you're right. It, it, and I get it. It's just his style. But it was one of those things. Like every time I saw a page, I was just drawn right to that. Yeah. <laughs> also, in it, the look, it works completely for the style. It's a fun book. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. So it's either an upper lip or bottom lip. There's never, there's never both in the same frame. That looks like Tony Stark has a really bad overbite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jocasta has both. <laughs> yeah. Also, like in the end, they say that Tony Stark has a new body. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't been reading Marvel, yeah, I have. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of water under that bridge. We're just. He was an board. AI for a while, and yeah. his body was killed, and his consciousness yeah, was downloaded. I didn't read it. it, it, it yeah. We're, we're just gonna avoid all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall the book's great. It's a lot of fun. Um, I mean, Dan Slott kind of came out guns blazing on this one. I mean, I gotta hand it to him. Like typically the Iron Man that I've read in the past was like Matt Fraction's Iron Man. Really serious, kind of really honed in on like that battle of alcoholism and the kind of the inner demons that Tony Stark had. Slot just was like, nope, he's going to be super fun and charming and... Let's throw a dragon at him. And, uh, the cinematic universe. And we're going to... Yeah, a little... I, well, I guess you could say it yeah. like that. But a little bit more cartoony. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, all of a sudden we're fighting Fing Fang Foom in... <laughs> True. A giant Fing Fang Foom buster armor that looks like freaking Voltron. Yeah. You know? The new season of Voltron was dope. I, I, I still haven't watched any of the other ones. Yeah. Don't tell me. Yeah, my brother has this, like, Voltron figure that's, like, worth, like, two, 200 bucks, I think. Oh, one of the OG ones? Yeah, it's, like, one of the OG ones. So, I really, I, I surprisingly enjoyed this. Uh, I thought it was a good start for um, uh, Dan Slott's run on, yeah. on Iron Man. I think he set his own tone. Um, I, and I would read, like, a full story arc of this. Yeah. I expected, looking at the cover, I expected a darker tone. I know. Yeah. You know? Because whoever the cover artist is, um, it's really good, but I don't know if it's the best it's, setup or draw for... Yeah, it's a great cover, Alexander but I don't Lozano. think... I, I think it, it's it's in direct opposition to the tone yes. of, the, of the story and art. Agree. Yeah. Which is, I, I don't know why they did that. Yeah. Because I'm I'm with you. This this book, you know, it was pretty much fun from pages. first page to last. Yeah, yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, the cover's awesome, and but yeah, just not good. for this story. And I think that the 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 storytelling and the art is actually suitable to a very broad audience age wise. Yeah, but with the cover, you look at it and it's like PG thirteen. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't I don't know why they did that, um, but uh, I I would encourage anybody to check out the interiors and make a decision from there, not necessarily just the cover. Yeah, no, so. the, I I got to hand it to to Dan Slott. Maybe this was the breath of. I mean, not to say that his Spider Man run wasn't good, but sometimes you need to change the scenery to really start. Kicking some other stuff, you know, and yeah, he was on Spider Man for I a hope long it's Fantastic time. Four. Yeah, I can't wait great. for that. Can't that, wait for that. That's gonna be great. Um, but I really, like I said, I really enjoyed this. I I wasn't sure what to expect coming into this, um, and I liked it a lot. Rate it for for what I got. It's five. 
I, that's where I'm at too. I think it's. I it was solid. Five. I have no complaints about this I book. I mean, everything. yeah, Sheedy's like art. Like I said, <laughs> there's some weird She's lip action lips. happening. But look, th- that's a stylistic thing. Yeah. It's not. There's it's kind of a lip on this one. It, yeah, on him because he's a kid. And he's like know? pouting. Like, yeah. Jocasta has two lips. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, that's more. I think it's really a stylistic thing. Yeah. And it's nothing that I would knock the artist for. Um, it was just something, like I said, my eyes got drawn to every time. But the tone, the art fit the tone of the story. Sweet. And John. I really enjoyed it. Um, I gave it a four. I enjoyed it enough. I don't think I like, uh, if like Tony, I don't, I haven't read that much Tony Stark books, uh, except in like his team ups. Um, and generally he's kind of like annoying to me. And this is just like, you know, he was kind of annoying to me a little bit, but uh, I enjoyed it enough. I really liked the art. Um, <laughs> until you pointed out the lifting, which I didn't notice. That's hilarious. Um, you notice the smallest <laughs> background scribbles, and you don't <laughs> notice that. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're right. I should have noticed. Um, I do like that Fing Fan Foom just left hooks uh, the Foom Buster. That's a really good page. Um, but yeah, it, I, I don't think this book would be for me because, you know, I, I, I don't think I, uh, I enjoyed it as much. I, I usually don't stick with Iron Man books just because I think he's a tough character to uh, mm-hmm. um, to endear people to long term. I like him in in short doses. Uh, I'll probably stick with this entire story arc. Yeah, uh, to see how it goes. Okay, Nick, what would you rate it? I give it a solid five. It was a great book. I really Sweet. like Fing Fing Foom. That was a great start to a story. Cool. Sweet. Well, so far. It's two five books for me this week. Yeah. It's crazy. That's a good that's a good week. All right. So we're gonna go ahead and hop over into our lightning rounds. Who wants to go first? Who wants to put a minute on the clock? Don't all okay. start at once, guys. Okay. I'm pulling up a minute timer right now. All right, who who's ready? I'll do it. All right, you ready? Yeah, I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna just let it be silent for like 40 seconds, and then do it in 20. Oh, think okay. I can do it? Go. No, I don't think I can oh, do it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, as like I mentioned earlier, we're we're still in the process of of uh, you know clearing out 60,000 plus back issues. Um, we've moved about 15,000 so far. So, uh, you know, 25 percent or less of of what we need to move. Uh, if you want some uh, very inexpensive comics in bulk, I'm your guy. Our next sale is going to be on June 30th. Uh, yeah, June 30th. Um, probably from 10 to 2 this time. So if you want some back stock, you can uh, come out and help us clear it out. Uh, $50 a short box, $100 a long box. Uh, 50 cents a book if if you want it. Uh, if you want smaller allotments, come see me. Seven, and if you wanna, six, if you if you wanna five, set up a time that's different than that, just talk to me. Three, two, excellent, good job. <laughs> I'm done. Johnny, got something? I don't have anything. Then I'll. You got something? Kind of. I'm thinking. You're thinking. You need more time to think. Yeah, you go first, and I'll okay. go. Okay. So the thing I'm gonna talk about is just how excited I am about the fact that Amazon. Picked up. Oh right, Invincible by Robert Kirkman. Yes, as an adult animated show, 
I am. That's exactly <laughs> what I wanted. I've been saying that forever. It's official. It's going to be the first animated show that Amazon Prime gets, and I, I, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I, I really want the voice cast to be awesome. I hope they, they really do go out of their way to mimic Ryan Otley's art style yeah. for the majority. Let's of get them. the Legend of Korra animators I, in there. No, that's I want, some Voltron I want, animators. I want something that's. Oh, I'd like, like something that like mimics Otley's Otley. art. Yeah, I want. You don't Otley think the Voltron style. animation mimics it? Look, uh, no, no. Uh, the current Netflix Ultron? Yeah, I think so. No, okay. I don't. No, something that will, if, unless they can like kind of clone Otley's style. That's what I want. All right, it has to look like Otley's work. I, I, boom. I'm curious if if they realize what a smart move that was. They have to. Yeah, I would. I would think so. That's cool. I'll watch it. Nick, put you uh, on the fly. So you don't, if you can pass, if you don't have any. Nah, I, I got something. All right, tell me when. Uh, now I guess. So like me and my friends, like we make movies and stuff like that because I don't know, we like like making movies and stuff. So we're making a movie called The Head, and it's a sci-fi horror movie and stuff like that. I don't know when it's gonna be out. I think it's gonna take like a year to make because we actually want to do it professionally. We also made a movie called Hey Bud, which will be out soon. And it's about some dudes obsessing with hot dogs. And yeah. <laughs> Do you and put, put them up on YouTube? That. Yeah, we're going to put that one up on YouTube. But we're going to try to make the head uh, because AMC, they take independent films and they actually put it into a theater. So I'm going to try to do that. Oh, uh, that contest that they do? Yeah. I'm nice. Do that. I guess I can talk about something. Good luck. That's Is awesome. that it, Nick? Yeah, that's All it. All right. Ready, Johnny? Yep. So uh, I read uh, or reread uh, Hip Hop Family Tree by Ed Piscor. Uh, he is doing uh, X-Men Grand Design. But anyway, Hip Hop Family Tree uh, dives into the history of hip hop all the way from the, uh, you know, uh, in the 70s, New York, uh, DJ battles and things like that. And Ed Piscor just goes into extreme detail, beautifully uh, illustrated, and it's amazing. And uh, if you guys are interested in hip hop, um, and like comics, which I assume you do if you're listening to this, I would definitely pick that up. Good job, Johnny. You finished with 20 seconds left. I always do. Thank you. Yeah, I need to carry that in the shop. Yes, it's really good. So they ha- they came out with these... Um, Johnny, you already used up your money. <laughs> they came out with these, like... No, I have 20 seconds. I nope, paid, I paid them. <laughs> <laughs> they came out with these... Stop. They came out with these, like, big magazine-style type of things that just... It, accentuate the art it, it's just they're so beautiful hmm. they're amazing cool where where are we at we're at highlights you guys ready or do you have one or you already did one highlights highlights you know what's coming out next week oh yeah 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 <coughs> yeah i'm reasonably certain those are going to be the books okay so for marvel we're reading century number one and is that jeff lemire, jeff lemire. Jeff lemire. oh god it's going to be Freaking I'm, like, man, I'm, yeah. I'm really curious about that. Uh, yep. All right. Bring it on. Bring it on, Jeff. Uh, and then for DC, we have the Batman Prelude to the Wedding Harley versus Joker number one. Yeah, this is this is fantastic. The last of the one shots leading into it. But from what everybody's been telling me, each each of these one shot issues, you know, whether it's Robin versus Roz or um, Nightwing and whoever 
but they each tackle, you know, a very specific issue leading up to the wedding, whether it's, you know, the bachelor party or the the rings or whatever. And so I'm curious that that they've actually tried to make them tie in I, with this one. I don't know. What, we, I have no idea. It could be a mess. It could be pretty good. I'm curious. Do we know But we're going to... Uh, offhand, I'd, okay. I did, I didn't make note. Why would Why would Batman put Superman in charge of the bachelor party? That <laughs> seems his best man. That seems like a dumb idea. Well, that's kind of yeah. But then you could have your you have the birthday party on big blue Saturn if you wanted to. You know, that means he won't do anything fun. Anyway, yeah, well, wow, that's what you think, huh? Okay, <laughs> all right. I'm just saying, Superman um, would abide by the rules. I hadn't. I don't know. I think it's a good choice. Maybe. I would have chosen Nightwing, but it's okay. Superman well, is... No, you know what? That's Batman? weird. Really? That's like that's, his that's son. Like, yeah, you're that's, right. That's, that's like weird. I think Superman doing Superman. Jump, that's weird. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, what? I mean, Are you yeah, going to do no Jason what? Todd? There, yeah, no. I mean... No. Uh. <laughs> there's that's Honestly, just, yeah, that'd you guys be are, great, but it'd go south yeah. real quick. Right? There's probably no yeah. other choice, really. Of course. It has to be Soup's. Uh, well, it's and it's usually the best man who does that. So. Oh, okay, that's you know mm-hmm. protocol, Johnny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we got um, two Get weeks. Um, Wait, who's Batman getting married to? Catwoman. 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 Whoa, Selena. Man, I got to catch up on my comics. Really, and it's it's surprisingly freaking it's ex- awesome. It, yeah, it's extremely good. It's Remember? it's been great for a year. Yeah. yeah. So. Remember this episode of Batman the Animated Series where Bruce Wayne like married this one girl, but like he was under some kind of like. Spell or something from like Poison Ivy, I think. That sounds about right. Oh, yeah. That, that yeah. Only Poison Ivy who he yeah. married. So, um, <coughs> and then for the indie book that we're reviewing, it is going to be Saga number 53. Yeah, Return to Saga. Mm. We'll so. see. It's been like 20 issues, right? Since we... Uh, yeah, since, uh, not well, twenty, but it, in the forties. Yeah, we did something in the forties, which was probably the last issue I read of Saga. So I'm curious to see if. Yeah. Same here. It's gonna be spoiled. Uh, yeah, I we'll off see. because it was just. It wasn't. It wasn't doing it for me. Yeah, just nothing was ha- really so, happening. It was yeah. kind of like Brian. Yeah, it's kind of how like his Why the Last Man felt in the middle. Yeah, well, you and you and Matt have said that several times. Like that final chunk up until yeah. the last ten. And then you get right. And then it's. it's and then but like it hasn't been announced that it's ending. No. But he so always we'll does. Like around sixty issues, all of his series seem to be about that, right? Wasn't one last man more? No, I think it's sixty. No, it was sixty. So it's Ex Machina. Ex Machina. The thing with this though, I think he titled Baghdad. it Saga for a reason. I to think that going. he's, I, I, he he probably has the intent to do hundred and twenty issues to title it Saga. He could, yeah, I mean, for I, sure. I would think that if he's going to end it, we're actually he's going to take us through every phase of Hazel's life. I think we're going to mm. see a lot of that. Mm. Unless he does like another major age jump or something. I'm telling you, the narrator Hazel's a ghost. Uh, I, I, I think, I think that's right, a good. Calm down, hot topic. Take the black <laughs> nail polish off and the freaking goth attitude elsewhere. Dude, watch in like Jeez. ten I, years. I, 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 I look, it's valid, but Johnny goes right to that yeah. every time. Um, She's dead, man. We'll see. Life's, <laughs> life's pointless. Like, and I she's just, just like Johnny yeah. She's she's like haunting her alco- <laughs> alcoholic homeless parents. <laughs> I I mean she was she was born on that planet where the ghosts come from, right? <laughs> yeah. Was she born there? Or wasn't yeah. she born in space? No, she was born there. No, no, no. 
No, because on page one, panel one, she's born on the issue planet. one. Yeah. yeah, she was she was born on the moon, right? No, the Moonies. Yeah, no, definitely because not. And she had really. Yeah. <laughs> okay, she's being born on page one, panel one. Yeah, I know, but that's not. They're in hiding. They're on the run. That that's where her mother was uh, in the military, and they're running from. Uh, uh, I was born on a planet called Cleave, an ancient ball of mud circling a faded old star. And, and that, the moon is where the Moonies are from, mm-hmm. right? So, um, but Cleave is not where the Cleave where is where the Hazel's robots are. from. I've never they read went. Saga, they yeah, though. yeah. They went to like that place. After she was born, because that was why they needed to find a babysitter. Anyway, um, what was the question? Where are we? What are we doing? That's uh, that, that's it. That's all. We're okay, doing. Sorry. So yeah, yeah. We can go ahead and talk about the graphic novel. Um, so, Roger. Okay, so for this week's graphic novel, we reviewed Batman Year One by Frank Miller, art by David Mazzuccelli. Um, I, you know, I wasn't really all that looking forward to reading this. I've heard it was great. Um, but I, I'm not the biggest Frank Miller fan. Um, I was genuinely surprised by this. And this basically, uh, I guess I should pitch it. Um, Bruce Wayne has returned from 15 years overseas. He's returning to Gotham mm-hmm. for the first time. And he wants to do something to uh, change, effect a change in his city, which he sees as has has uh, been on continual decline, run by uh, the the mob and dirty cops. Um, and he wants to affect a change, and he's trying to decide what the best way to do that would be. And you parallel his story arc with that of uh, a younger James Gordon, Lieutenant James Gordon, who is fresh on the Gotham PD. Uh, good guy, um, good detective, in a very corrupt system. And it's their story of how they come to work together. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love this story. Yeah, this story yeah. is great. Um, Thank God Frank Miller didn't draw it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, because David- Mazzuchelli's art is killer. Yeah, yeah. I I really enjoyed this this book um, because, like, you know, when you're getting into comics, you're like, oh, what are the top books to read? You know, you get uh, Dark Knight Returns, uh, Year One, some Swamp Thing from Alan Moore, or something like that. Um, so, you know, I read uh, Dark Knight Returns, and, you know, after each reread, uh, it doesn't do it for me, but this just keeps getting better and better. The the Massa Kelly art, it just works so perfectly with, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Frank Miller's uh, words, you know, verbiage. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed, uh, as much as it is a Batman story, it is, like you said, Roger, it is uh, more a James story, a James Gordon mm-hmm. story. Um, and I think I really enjoy the fact that we get to see like this 
non super villain filled Gotham for like the first time. Um, yeah, it, this this book is is killer. Um, yeah, the super villains are much more pedestrian. Right. Yeah. They're just bad cops and 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 mob bosses. Right. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's really good. The, you you can see where a lot of um, inspiration from the like Nolan movies were taking from, mm-hmm. uh, which is this book. Um, and you know, like everybody out there on the internet ranks it as the best Batman story. I mean, it's up there. It's really really good. I think it's like essential reading for any Batman fan, really. I I, I would definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, my my personal favorite is still Hush. I like that uh, one too. Yeah, Hush is good because that that's a detective story mm-hmm. at yeah. heart, you know. Um, and this one, you know, what I found interesting was this reminded me so much of um, Jeff Johns's Batman uh, Earth One. Okay, volume yeah. one starting off a, a Batman that really doesn't know what he's. I do. He, he doesn't know what he's doing, and I was like, and I thought it was fascinating because I I remember having recommended that book to a lot of people and really kind of liking that take that you have an yeah. inexperienced Batman who's really trying to learn the ropes, and and I know I I know for a fact that that a couple of people had told me that it was that it was similar to Year One at that time, but I you know I, um, I hadn't read it, uh, and and it is it's it's remarkably similar. Yeah, this this is. Grittier, I think, than Jeff Johns's. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, I think what the, what they both capture is this indomitable will that Bruce has to um, to keep fighting the good fight. What uh, I what I do like about uh, Jeff Johns's Earth One uh, and Frank Miller's most of his Batman work is that uh, they write them uh, grounded, like most. Batman writers or or people that want to write Batman think like oh you know he has a plan for everything but in here and even in Dark Knight Returns where he's like much older and much more experienced he's a human in a bat costume you know he's uh he's grounded and he also gets hurt a lot and I think that's he how he gets shot yeah. a lot <laughs> and I yeah. think that's how that, <laughs> that's how Batman should be writ- uh, yeah. written is like you know he's only human <laughs> there's only so much that you can you can take um well, and this, there's this one point too where his utility belt catches fire right he, oh, he's yeah. got like some kind of explosives or right flash charges in his utility belt and it catches fire and he has to ditch it <laughs> so he doesn't like uh explode yeah blow him in half yeah um nick what'd you think I really like this book because I'm a real big fan of Dark Knight Returns and Frank, and Frank Miller stuff, you know? Uh, I really like how they got on the mind of Batman, you know, in the story. Mm-hmm. Like, how he, anta- how he anticipates, like, uh, bad guys' moves and stuff like that. And, like, what he thinks. And same thing with, like, uh, Jim Gordon. Like, because uh, Barber, he's, like, having a baby and stuff like that. And he's, like... How could I do this? How could I bring a baby into a world like this that's like filled with crime and stuff like that? So I like how they really got into the mind of Jim Gordon and Batman and how they tied the two stories together. And well, and then they also make um I, I really liked what he did with Jim Gordon Jim Gordon and Essa. Sergeant yeah. Essa, the the woman on the force with yeah. him. Because he's got a wife at home who's pregnant and yeah. Um yeah. Don't 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 go there. 
Okay. Um, but they show there, you know, there are some plot lines in, in this book that show that, you know, Jim Gordon is fallible too. And, and they, you know, it's the same thing with both with the character arc for Jim Gordon and Bruce Wayne. Um, they're both well-meaning, good intentioned, strong moral compass guys who are still fallible. And, and, um, they, they, they walk that line quite well, I think, because you still, you, it's just kind of, you know, a gut punch when something happens that, you know, um, you can relate to it, but it hurts, you know, um, it's, it, it's just great storytelling. Yeah. yeah. It really pulls you in. <clears throat> I also really like how they describe Batman, too. Like, when the cops are trying to figure out, like, what Batman is, who is he, and they're like, and they're like, you know, like, he's like a giant bat, and he has wings and stuff like that. And then he brought something out that paralyzes people, and he started laughing and stuff like that. And they're trying to figure out who he is, and then, like... Right, they really build on that, yeah. the myth, you know, that... Yeah. yeah. What, that people see what essentially they're really afraid of. Yeah. And then that one part that really got me is when Sergeant Esser is like saying, no, you know who could be Batman? Bruce Wayne. And then she like spot on says like why Bruce Wayne is Batman and like how his parents just were mugged as a kid and were killed and that that would give him a really good motive to dress up in an expensive bat costume with expensive weapons because right. he's like the richest man in the city and got and you know, Beat up bad guys. Yeah, she she, she has some dead to rights, which was yeah. cool. I, and I actually I really like that um, that plot line too. Yeah, um, I like how that w- we can see where David Aha got his insp- inspiration from. Um, but I'm also sure, like a lot of people, got their inspiration from. You can you can see um, not Asad Rubik, the next Thor guy, uh, Dowderman, um, maybe even uh, Quietly, uh, getting inspiration from Massa Kelly because th- this dude is a master of um you know uh storytelling well i think and and frank avia too yeah oh yeah uh, definitely oh i didn't even think of that there's so many artists that uh i'm sure masakelli inspired uh sure because it's just ridiculously good um i do like the fact that this story doesn't make sense um continuity wise uh because like this is batman's first year you know being batman and James Jr. is just a baby. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't think that Barbara comes in until, like, years later. Yeah. Uh, Barbara Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, Barbara Gordon is uh, still fairly young. Mm-hmm. I mean, early 20s. Right. But it would put Bruce at, he, he'd have to be, like, 40 45. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I also like um, the I also how they like putting Catwoman in the story too, and like how she kind of got an inspiration to dress up in a cat costume from Batman, kind of. Yeah, that was fun. There's yeah. there's there's a lot of stuff and uh, oh wow, I didn't even see this. Um, but yeah, you can you can see where most of today's Batman stories like get their inspiration from, uh, like especially uh, Scott Snyder, like all through his uh, Zero Year and his Court of Owls stuff. It's just yeah. like panels straight from uh from Masakelli's work. Um I thought I had the issues, but I forgot that I gave them all to Jonathan <laughs> for um his birthday or something. Four issues. 
Anyway. And, like, the artwork in this book is just astounding. Like, it kind of gives you that old vibe of Gotham. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, it could take place in the 40s or something like right. that. Right. It also has it this doesn't. dirty look a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that really it's dirty, dirty kind of old look. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, what would you rate it, dude? I give it a five. Um. Yeah, it's a five for me. Five stars for me, too. And I'm not rating it because I didn't get a chance to oh, read it this dude. week. Because I had three different tests. Have you ever read it? No. I've started it, and I just haven't been able to finish it. You so. should read it. It's good. Well, from like when you started it, what would you rate it? Like from oh, it was good, but I only got like four pages in. Right. That's, so yeah, that's not much. It's yeah. not much to go on. You'll love it when you get around reading yeah, it. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, it's one of those that I know is... Yeah. It's one of Frank Miller's better works. Oh, also... Yeah, but I don't hate it's everything. <laughs> also, just my prediction is that this could take place in the same universe as The Dark Knight Returns, because, like, the mask style, it's, like, mm. sword ears, and it's also written by Frank Miller, so... Right. That's just what I think, mm. going into this I mean, book. he could have his own, like, universe, pocket universe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Trivia time. All right. Oh, God. Um, okay, uh, last week, uh, the question was, who created Hawkman? Um, yep. And uh, <laughs> we had nine total responses. Um, the comics last week, which were yeah pretty good, uh, go to David Revis. Trade paperback, Secret Wars, Bryce Smith. Please, oh, congrats, so, Bryce. Yeah, I haven't sent Clay's out to him yet, so I'll just ship those together. Uh, but I have to, I have to shout out to Bryce. Mm-hmm. And Clay. For, and Clay. Sorry. Sorry, Clay. <laughs> oh, you saw it? <laughs> oh, I saw it. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I sent I, I showed a, it to Roger. A video response. Oh, it's so good. To this week's question, which is so freaking awesome. <laughs> it's, yeah. So if you want to check it out. <laughs> I think he's private. Huh? I think he's private. Is he private? Yeah. Um, I'll have to, I'll repost it. Sure. Then it's, it's good. Um, so look, yeah, look for that tomorrow. I'm going to repost it. Their, it's, their video response and it, it, it's pretty great. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's really good. Um, so yeah, Bryce, you made my week with that. I, so. it, it, that's, it's a stretch to call those like entries, but you know, the video is so good. What, what's a stretch? They say the name at the end. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> they do. Johnny, just because it's not your format doesn't make it wrong. I mean, I guess. Well, look, we've got ten extra points we've for creativity. Copy and pasted huh. wiki articles. Mm-hmm. We've gotten pictures. Uh, you know, granted, this was Clay. I pictures think, too. of pictures of, of a computer wiki article sh- of computer screens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, but that. <laughs> all right, whatever. Anyway. I am not going <laughs> to deprive our listeners from having fun with us. <laughs> I yeah. sure. Because As a that's fact, what comics are about. Do more of that. I yeah. know. Um, no, I, yeah, I, I would love to have a segment on our year in review that was the most creative response, uh, to questions. That would be awesome. Okay. So, um, congratulations to Bryce for winning the graphic novel, David Revis for winning the comics. If you would like to win some comic, oh no, we'll get to that in a sec. I need to, I need to stump you guys. Um, who created Aspen Matthews? Michael uh, Turner. Trick yeah. question. Aspen Matthews. Michael Turner. <laughs> Michael Turner. <laughs> uh, what publisher? Aspen, Aspen Comics. Comics. Who won the lawsuit? 
No, it wasn't Aspen Comics. Oh. oh. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. <laughs> what was it? Top Cow. Oh, so I take it Michael, Michael Turner, Turner won the lawsuit. lawsuit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he then he started Aspen yeah. Comics. That was really sad. You know, this was I this this was a very hard interview to watch when Teresa and I were at Comic Con in it was it was the, the Comic Con after he passed away. Oh no. And we went to um a Michael Turner memorial panel. Um, and they, I mean, it was a murderer's row of artists and writers and industry people, you know, who were there. And um, one of the guys there was uh, Mark Silvestri. And Mark Silvestri hired uh, Michael Turner. And it was before Michael Turner was an artist, he was like an intern. Um, and uh, listening to. Because basically, uh, Mark Silvestri groomed uh, Michael Turner into the artist that that he you know was to become. Uh, Michael Turner created this this property, you know, Fathom, um, and it was a huge success for Top Cow. Well, they ended up getting into uh, a legal battle over the character, and you know the thing with the image is everything is creator owned and. Uh, Michael Turner created it, and it was, he said it should be his. And listening to Sylvester talk about what that did to him emotionally, you know, and internally, to have to, because he felt at the time he felt he was right, that was tough, dude. That was so tough to listen to. I mean, this, you know, this is a grown man sobbing, you know, at this panel over, you know, some of the mistakes that he had made. Wow. And I was, uh, yeah, Teresa and I were both really impacted. Um, yeah, so anyway. Um, all right, so that's our Fathom Trivia, Iron Man Trivia. What's Pepper Potts' real name? Pepper Potts isn't her real name? That's what? not her real name. Do you know someone named Pepper? Uh, Dude. Is Pepper this, fake? This is the day and age in which people are named Lamangelo. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It's spelled lemon jello. <laughs> That's fine. Sure it is, John. <laughs> well, uh, Pepper Potts, real name. What is it? Three. Teresa. Rachel. Rachel. Uh, Serena. No, it's a state. I'll give you that much. Colorado. Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, worst one. Wyoming. No. Why would no. It... It's a state? It's a state. If you think about Carolina. it, it makes sense. No. Dakota? California? Alabama? What? No. <laughs> What were you singing? <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> no, no, no. I was doing my Neil Diamond. Oh. Sweet Caroline. New York? Sweet Caroline. No, Virginia. Virginia. Virginia? I thought that's Virginia Potts. Maybe not. Whoa. So is okay. Pepper her nickname? Yeah. No. Yes. Yes, it is. That's... She was incessantly world... harassed at school. What? My whole world is... For being named Virginia? Hmm, okay. It's kind of a granny name. <laughs> Okay, um, on to uh, JLE Trivia. Legion of Doom's first appearance. Uh, Super Friends cartoon. Yep. What was it called? The Super Friends. No. Challenge of the Super Friends. Boom. Ah. Suck it. (laughs) Uh, Who produced it? (laughs) Who produced it? Oh, I know this. Meanwhile, at the Legion of Doom. I have no idea. Oh Cable, my god! I don't yeah. know. Technically, that's the producers. My dad sent me that cartoon. They made it. Here's one. I'm really curious. I, 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 
I mean, I watched the cartoon. I had no idea, um, but I don't really pay attention. Uh, where was the Hall of Doom located? In a swamp. In a swamp. The name of the swamp. Oh, was... now you're getting all... It's on the outskirts of Gotham. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Bell Reeve? Blew my mind. Metropolis no. Swamp. No. Slaughter Swamp. Oh, Slaughter Swamp was yeah. the actual name. I don't know. I don't know. That's they where Swamp Thing is from, right? Said that in the, I don't think so. in the cartoon, but <laughs> Slaughter Swamp, which is on the outskirts of Gotham. Isn't Blew that where, my mind. Isn't that where Solomon Grundy came from? Like, when he got murdered, and then they put him into that swamp? Maybe. I don't know. You might be on um, something there. Maybe. Who knows? Wow. Larry? Okay. All right. For the listener question, if you want to read, uh, what was, yeah, either um, if you want to own for free, either a really fantastic uh, Batman Year One graphic novel or some really great comics this week, um, answer the following question. I want to know. Um, Batman's parents were murdered on Park Row in Gotham City. What uh what is a what what is this street better known as? Mm, I know it. I okay. Know it. <laughs> so, so easy. Uh what's another name for Park Row? Which was the location where uh, Martha and Thomas Wayne were murdered. If you can deduce that answer, you can send your response to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. I look forward to all the entries, video, audio, pictorial. Is mm-hmm. there a place that's more easy written. to name? If somebody, if somebody does, you know, sends in a letter in calligraphy, because, oh, you know, I, you, you know I'm just baiting Bryce, yeah. right? <laughs> Have them break out the calligraphy set. Uh, wax sealed, of course. You know, it'll go into the uh, Horizon Comics All Star Comics Podcast Hall of Fame. Or that, just, it'll have to become a thing now. Yeah. Or just make another awesome video. Or so, <laughs> yeah. Send your response in. Uh, contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. I look forward to your entries. I think entries. what we need to do is have a contest. Where the question has to be answered in the most creative video response possible, like a specific contest apart from the trivia that doesn't involve like an alpaca in the shop. Yeah, yes. <laughs> film your videos outside of the shop. Okay, dude. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm, one of these questions, I'm gonna make like a sort movie about it. I'm gonna send it into you guys. There you go. I'm gonna do that. Sweet. We got, we got one. We got it's what a. 30 minute, second it, clip. It's a minute. Yeah, I'm it's like a minute, minute and four seconds. It's going to sound like a five minute sword film or a 10 minute sword film mm-hmm. about like someone trying to figure out that question. Yeah. Do it. I'll do, do it. that. One day. One you got to account for file size. Where's that put us? Uh, at the end. At the end. Love you guys. Have a great night. Bye. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's <laughs> uh, all, folks. If uh, we hadn't get any new reviews as far as we know, so if you remember, if you do leave a review, uh, let us, let us know via email. That helps us a lot. That way we can give you a shout out and yes. read it. Uh, if you want to go above and beyond, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast. Getting on at the dollar level gets you the episode early the night that we drop it. 
for all of you night owls on Friday nights. Yeah. It's an exclusive um, episode for like two days. <laughs> <laughs> it's exclusive. You could have been listening for to 24 this hours. 48 yeah. hours ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you uh, and if you go up to the three dollar level, you get the uh, the episode drops, the complete episode drops in the blocks that uh, we record them with. Uh, Larry, Multiversity University, uh, which we just recorded, s- I believe, six, six new s- installments. New yeah, yeah, taking us through the Silver Sweet. Age. As far as I'm, as I think, is that what I came in the middle of? Silver Age, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, uh, you guys, be on the lookout for that. Uh, and then if you want to keep up with everything at the shop and be paying attention to like when Roger does the, uh, the raffles and stuff like that, you want to be following at Horizon Comics on Instagram. You can also follow at Horizon Comics on Twitter and like Horizon Comics on Facebook. Johnny? Uh, you can follow me everywhere at the Johnny 2 x 4 And you can follow uh, mine and Kayla's podcast, We Love You. Uh, with a new episode this Monday um, on the book Leah on the Offbeat, which is a sequel to uh, Simon vs. the Homo Sapien Agenda, which was a movie called Love, Simon. You can follow me on Instagram and no username available. Really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. I am at St. Jonathan on the Twitter and the Instagram. Thank you guys for listening. Also, for almost forgot, Matt, the Hydra 5-5 on everything. That's right. Boom. Thanks, Matt. Uh, you guys have a great week. We'll see you next time. Peace. Hasta la vista. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Multiversity University. I'm your host, Larry Douglas. Now, tonight we're going to be talking about the various genres of comic books that were popular during the Atomic Age. We've mentioned that the superheroes had declined a lot in popularity. So if they declined a lot, well, what took their place? Uh, You might think that, well, maybe comics overall weren't as popular. And it's true that comic book sales did decline during the Atomic Age from what they had been during the Golden Age. Uh, But they were still pretty high, Uh, actually much higher than sales are today. So they still remain pretty popular. It's just that the superheroes themselves were not so popular. Now, uh, as you might guess from the name Atomic Age, Uh, the most popular genre of comic books was science fiction comics. Now, of course, science fiction comics weren't new to the Atomic Age. Uh, Science fiction comics had been around for quite some time. Uh, Prior to that, of course, uh, there had been very popular science fiction comic strips, uh, particularly Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon. Uh, Comic books did not incorporate science fiction quite as much as comic strips had, uh, although... One, you could argue that there was an element of science fiction in a lot of the superhero comics. I mean, for example, Superman was an alien from another planet, so, uh, you know, something kind of science fiction-y there. Uh, the, the original Human Torch was actually an android, uh, so again, uh, a touch of science fiction in those stories as well. Uh, but in 1940, a publisher called Fiction House started a comic called Planet Comics, and that was a strictly science fiction anthology title. Um, Although other companies didn't follow suit, you did have then at least one science fiction title throughout the Golden Age. Now, um, what probably contributed to the popularity of science fiction comic books in the Atomic Age was 
the end of World War II uh, and the dropping of the atom bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Because suddenly all of that stuff that was science fiction before now seemed like reality. And that may have been one of the reasons, too, the superheroes didn't seem quite so popular because all of a sudden humans had developed uh, something that was more powerful than any of the superheroes that were around during the Golden Age, even Superman and Captain Marvel. So uh, people became much more interested in science, in some ways uh, much more frightened about the possibilities of science, and so that was uh, made it ripe for science fiction comics to flourish during the Atomic Age. But science fiction comics weren't the only ones that were popular. Another genre that was very popular at that time was teen humor comics. Now, uh, again, teen humor comics went back into the Golden Age. The first one uh, occurring in Pep Comics number 22, which had the first story about Archie in 1941. As we mentioned before, MLJ Publications uh, really had no idea that Archie was going to be as popular as he was, but he pretty quickly became the leading feature in Pep Comics and eventually took over the whole title. And right at the beginning of the Atomic Age in 1946, in a nod to Archie's popularity, MLJ Publications renamed itself as Archie Comics and, of course, has remained that uh, until today. Now, Archie may have been the first of the teen humor comics, but uh, but certainly wasn't the only one. A lot of other companies uh, put out teen humor. Um, one of the uh, biggest publishers of teen humor comics was Timely. Now, like DC, Timely was known primarily for its superheroes, but uh, beginning in right towards the end of the Golden Age in 1945, uh, Timely began putting out a bunch of uh, teen humor comics featuring uh, girl characters. Uh, there was Millie the Model, Tessie the Typist, and about 10 others that they had with similar type names. Um, the interesting thing about these comics is that although they were considered teen humor, uh, the girls that were in them actually had careers. And so in a way, they were uh, a little bit forward-looking, more forward-looking than perhaps we would expect at that particular time. Now, another genre that was really popular during the Atomic Age was crime comics. Now, when we say crime comics, you might think, well, wait a second, didn't a lot of comics involve crime? I mean, Batman was always chasing criminals, and uh, even comics that didn't involve superheroes involved uh, things like detectives and police officers chasing down criminals. So it seems like there was a lot of crime comics. But when we say crime comic, we're talking about something very specific, a comic where the criminal is actually the main character. Not that the criminals were necessarily portrayed sympathetically. Uh, a lot of times in these crime comics, the criminal came to a rather gruesome end. Uh, but the point is that the criminal was actually the character that the comic was focusing on. Now, crime comics like science fiction and teen humor, had their roots in the Golden Age. The first crime comic came out in 1942, and it was Crime Does Not Pay by Lev Gleason Publications. Uh, the act actually, the first issue of Crime Does Not Pay was number 22 uh, because it was uh, continuing a title that was originally called Silver Street Comics. Um, and they, Silver Street ended with number 21, and they started Crime Does Not Pay with number 22. 
Now, um, one of the things about these uh, particular comic books is that they tended to be a lot more violent and much more graphic than most other comics at that time. Um, and uh, as we as they got into the atomic age, there were a lot of titles that originally were not crime comics that were converted into crime comics, uh, kind of like Silver Streak had been, just because they were so popular. But because of the graphic depictions of violence, uh, they would eventually see a backlash against them, uh, not only against crime comics but other types. But crime comics were one of the leading types that ended up leading to the public outcry against comics that would begin to occur in the late 40s and the early 50s. So that's some of the genres that were popular during the Atomic Age. Please join us again next time as we talk about uh, some other genres that gained a lot of popularity during that particular time.